You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Hey, welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. 402 342 1290. If you'd like to share your thoughts or predictions on what's going to be happening in the next uh, first hundred days of a new administration, always an exciting time. The I don't know where did that history of the first 100 days even even come from. Is that just because there's just some sort of momentum that they uh, they uh, built up? I I wish we could find the clip, and I think we'll have to for the future of the show of uh, President George W. Bush. I earned capital in this campaign, political capital, and I intend to use it. Okay, so this is the wonky part side of me. When you just asked where was it coined, it was coined by FDR in uh, 1933. That's where it started? That's where it started. Did it say why? Or? Uh, he was referring to the first 100 days of the 73rd Congress. And this was uh, actually uh, between March 9th and June 17th. Uh, and uh, he was referring to it as meaning the successes and accomplishments of a president during that time and their power and influence is at their absolute greatest i would say yeah because then on the flip side they become lame ducks uh, towards the end of their terms as well nobody really cares what they have to say right and honestly with trump i don't even know that he want he even cares if he serves a second term so these first hundred days for trump is going to be absolutely make or break the most important part of his presidency whether or not he wants to serve a second term, it's going to be these first 100 days of this first term starting January 20th. So where does health care fall within um, his list of priorities? Oh, I think it's probably at the top. I think if, so, too. If it's probably one or two, you know, or maybe three, depending on if you look at jobs, you look at immigration, and you look at health care. I think those probably are three of his main top issues besides getting the uh, military back in order. Right, right. Well, so he's got a lot on his plate, as they always, as they always do. But um, let's take a moment to uh, le- help the listeners understand a little bit more about uh, the congressional process that any of these changes to a, a health care reform law like the Affordable Care Act might look like. Uh, you worked in the House. Can you talk a little bit about some of the actions that the House would have, and then I'll talk about some of the things that the Senate might be doing. Well, so in the House, you know, you have regular order, and you have uh, the bills get dropped. Uh, you know, they can be dropped at any time. Um, there were numbers of bills dropped this week, Steve King being one of them here. Uh, you know, your Western Iowa uh, congressman, uh, Steve King dropped the bill basically to repeal Obamacare without a replacement. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it altogether. Who cares what the chaos <laughs> happens with uh, the affordable care? You know, with with people's health insurance. And so, uh, talk about an absolute disruptor. That would be one. Um, and so there were multiple others. Um, so you you drop them. They go to a committee. They get referred to subcommittees. The subcommittee decides whether or not they want to take it up. They uh, go through the process. They send it to the full committee. The full committee looks at it. They put it on the hearing schedule if they want to take it up. Uh, Then once it goes out of committee, it goes to the rules committee. If the speaker and his leadership 
decide they want to bring it to the floor. Uh, the rules committee then determines, you know, length of debate, uh, the uh, whether or not amendments can be added or even germane to the legislation. Um, the rules committee actually even determines the le uh, the length of the vote. And so uh, the rules committee is very important to the process in that regard. Um, and so then the bill goes to the floor. They, they put it on the schedule. They start debating. And off we go. Um, and so then uh, it would uh, then, you know, go to the Senate. And uh, you can talk about the Senate process because there's a whole lot more that can happen on the Senate side as far as this from reconciliation to uh, multiple other things that, that can happen on the Senate side. A lot of people in the House, members and their staff, call the Senate the place where all good things go to die because a lot of things don't move quite near, nearly as fast over there. And it was designed to be that way uh, because of our, our founding. Our founders, as they designed it, they wanted it to be more... Um, more deliberative, and um, one of the, the things that's uh, unique about the Senate is they all have somewhat equal power. Or their seniority certainly makes a difference, and as well as their committee assignments, but any senator can put a hold on a piece of legislation for a certain amount of time. And then there's this thing called the filibuster, which a lot of people might have heard of, which requires 60 votes unless they go through this process called reconciliation. And uh, reconciliation means that um, it does not need to get the 60-vote uh, net supermajority necessary to clear any filibuster from one United States senator. Instead, it needs a, a up or down vote of 51 uh, senators voting in the affirmative. However, there are many problems. Uh, first of all, they have to, to be able to save money. That's the, the only way that it will work. So they have to achieve savings of at least $1 billion dollars. Uh, of of savings to the federal budget for for it to work and that's where it gets really really sticky because any amendments any changes that, that might be made would have to be done through the budgetary process so that means that they would be more um, uh, more related to taxes more related to, to spending while some other things in the law certain provisions might not be allowed to be touched through a piece of reconciliation so then they might have to pass another new piece of legislation to maybe amend those pieces of legislation. That's kind of how it was passed in the first place. There's actually two laws. Uh, one was the uh, afford a Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, PPACA, and then there was the Health Care and Education Reconciliation Act, which amended the uh, PPACA to, to become the Affordable Care Act. So people that call Obamacare... PPACA are incorrect because that's just one of the two bills. It's the Affordable Care Act is the name for the two pieces of legislation that... As a whole. Yes. All right, and then did the Supreme Court's decision to declare, you know, the uh, mandate, basically a tax, allow this to, allows this to go through reconciliation, correct? That has certain impact as well. Right. And then you've got the, the states being able to opt out of the Medicaid expansion. That adds a whole other wrinkle to everything. But here's, here's the, uh, where the rubber meets the road. The law cost an awful lot of money, and the two biggest drivers of cost were Medicaid expansion 
and subsidies to purchase insurance. And next segment, you've got some numbers on how how the exchanges did. Right. And we'll we'll look at those, and we'll also look about how uh, we're doing here locally as well. But in order to pay for these costs, think about how expensive these uh, these health insurance premiums are. And if people get subsidies, that means that the federal government is paying part of those expenses. There's 19 different taxes in the law to pay for these these subsidies. So right. the taxes are actually probably turning out to, well, they keep <laughs> delaying some of them, but I think they would probably end up bringing in more than they thought that they would. And the, uh, the law is actually turning out to cost more than right. they thought it would as well. Well, and let's just say that you know, we don't get bipartisanship and nothing comes of, of uh, you know, the repeal replace. There is always another way to go about it if you're Republicans now that you're in charge of the administration. Right. And and let's let's remember in the Affordable Care Act itself. And we've talked about this multiple times where Congress abdicated its authority to the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Correct. So almost 1700 times. All right. So in those 1700 times, and we're talking areas not only in part one, but part two, where technically Tom Price, who's assumed to be the new secretary of health and human services, could basically rewrite the Affordable Care Act uh, to whatever. <laughs> well, some of the things with the health care. Right. In the Medicare in side. In the Medicare side, the Medicaid side, the... Uh, Anywhere where it says the Secretary of Health and Human Services shall have the right to do this. He could rewrite that in theory. Or do nothing. Or do nothing. And so uh, is it the nuclear option? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to have to get through the, the approval process, too. Yeah. And so uh, that is... No one's talked about that except for you and me about how, about how, okay, if the Republicans don't get anything through the House and Senate, you could always get the regulators and the secretary to actually do some of the work themselves. Pull back on some of the things. Right. So, I mean, that's something to watch, you know, say October, November, December time frame to see what happens late in the year in that instance. I think the key takeaway is that nothing is going to happen overnight at this point. Right. It's going to be an awfully complicated process and <coughs> take an awful long time to well, yeah. change happen. Well, it took us 50 years to get here. It's not going to be fixed overnight. Right. So you're exactly right. Lots of congressional committees that will have to go through. Remember how long it took to pass in the first place? Oh, yeah. Two, over two years. Over two years. Over two years to pass it. Now, um, ooh, he's doing his Michael Jackson impression over here. Pretty good moves, actually, there, Alan. Oh, thank uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you. can check out our Facebook page, .com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. I'll post that video right now uh, if you want to see it. And uh, make sure to check out our Twitter handle as well. It's uh, twitter.com slash America's Canary. That is the Edie Bellis Twitter page where uh, you can find uh, headlines from that and learn more about uh, getting our exclusive newsletter where we, uh, we give you our commentary and analysis that can give you the information that you need to help you make the most informed decisions. Uh, we'll be right back here on America's Healthcare Challenge.
because we feel the difference now. Yeah. See, now we're feeling what not having hope feels like. 